Hey everybody, have you considered starting a podcast? We here at Screwball highly recommend Podbean for getting your podcast out to a larger audience. Podbean has given us the opportunity to easily bring you Screwball each and every week on all of your favorite podcast services. Use the link podbean.com slash screwball to sign up and save up to 35% annually. You can also use the link podbean.com slash pro slash screwball to sign up for a business subscription. Happy podcasting. Hey everybody, welcome back to Screwball, a baseball podcast, your home for everything baseball. I'm your host, Mike LaPree, here with my co-host, Frank White. Hey, how's it going? This is episode 108 of Screwball. Uh, another week of baseball has passed, and we are uh, moving right along into the season. We are now at mid-May. As for the podcast, we have another uh, few pieces of news here, uh, a little bit more than we had last week, or it was a little bit more topic-driven, um, and some very interesting uh, happenings in baseball, spe- you know, specifically... Uh, how we usually start the podcast with the news. The number one piece of news I have, probably one of the stranger things that you would have seen over the weekend, is that just the Reds are a mess. And uh, on Sunday, the Reds threw a combined no-hitter against the Pirates, but ended up losing the game. The game ended up one nothing after the Pirates earned three walks to load the bases, and I believe Brian Hayes uh, came up and beat a throw to first on a, on a ground ball that, that got bobbled by the defender. This was also an eight-inning no-hitter, because the uh, I believe the Pirates were at home, so so it's, I don't know if it's actually technically a no hitter. That so this was an eight inning no hitter by the Reds, and therefore is not actually counted as official no hitter because it's it's eight innings. So the official stat uh, book I, I read it in the so it's uh, not no hitter number three eighty three or whatever. Nope, it's not considered a no hitter for for the year. So there's still only just uh, special just achievement. Two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so there's very very special achievement. So this is the first time. Since 2008. Mm, yes. Um, you know who pitched that one? No. Who was that? Jared Weaver. Oh. There's Jared Weaver and whoever combined with him to throw the no-hitter. Mm. Against the I think Dodgers. I remember that. The Dodgers won that game. <clears throat> and the Angels, Jared Weaver threw the no-hitter. I think I do remember that because Jared Weaver, especially that I era, believe that's was, the was pretty good. That counted as a no-hitter. <clears throat> I believe it was at Angels, so they were the home team. Oh, okay. They did pitch to nine innings, I believe. And um, this is also the sixth. They are the sixth team... Sixth team overall to lose uh, on a no-hitter. So Andy Hawkins, I think, was the first one, right, with the Yankees in 91? Uh, that I'm not sure about, but that sounds about right. So like Andy Hawkins in 91 like, with the Yankees, he lost no-hitter. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I mean, I unless... one of the earliest ones. Uh, yeah, unless there was one in, like, you know, 1922 where... Well, of course know, there was, yeah. Black Jack Magoo lost yeah. his no-hitter or something. I don't know. But... Uh, yeah, so that's the first piece of news. Like I said, if you, if you were kind of paying attention over the weekend, uh, the Reds just continue to boggle the mind. And uh, but nonetheless, a very impressive outing by Hunter Green, who's one of their top prospects. So yeah, and he's been struggling because the ERA was up over six. Yeah, so regardless, that had to have been encouraging at least for to see that out of your you know one of the guys you're really kind of hanging your hat on if you're a Reds fan. So yeah, they ended up losing one nothing. So good on the Pirates, I guess, to at least could break through for something. Even yeah, if it wasn't a hit. <laughs> just, yeah, two teams that aren't that good. But, hey, the Pirates are fighting through everything. They're trying. At least the Reds won like four out of five there for a little while. I was like, oh, at least they got wins. They were on pace to win 22 games, if that, for a while there. I was like, all right. Yeah, it's something, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the next piece of news I have here, which will you'll obviously go into more in the injury section, but Harper, uh, Bryce Harper has a small UCL tear in his elbow, but he will continue to DH for the Phillies. So, according to the Phillies, that he will he will – not commence throwing for four weeks, so he won't be, th- you know, throwing a baseball. He won't be really using that throwing arm for anything, and will only be DHing. And 
he'll start a throwing program after that to kind of see where he's at. So that's kind of precarious position for Harper. He's a small tear there. And um, this will now force the Phillies to play Schwarber and Cassianos in the outfield, which uh, they already have defensive uh, problems. And then you take Harper out. So now you, you know, say you have to stick Schwarber out there all the time instead of DH him. It could be a cause for concern. But uh, I, I would say, you know, even though it's 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 a concerning, you know, UCL tear is no matter which player it is, is is troubling. But I good on I guess Harper and the Phillies to to just say, hey, we'll just we'll we'll play you. You can play, you know, if you feel all right to swing, we'll we'll just DH you, and you and can and you can well. still play. And yeah, he's he's probably the biggest part of that team right now. I would say, arguably, I know some other guys have been hitting good. I think Bohm and, and Castellanos have been hitting pretty good. But uh, Harper's been kind of the cornerstone, so losing him out of lineup would be big. And then finally, the third piece of news, which kind of goes into uh, our topic and some other pieces. Uh, really, it's it's a topic that we talk about, you know, a lot this year. But uh, the Royals entered Monday with the 27th ranked offense and decided to fire their hitting coach, Terry Bradshaw. As we keep saying, like I said, you know, every week the offense across the league has been down, and the Royals really wasted no time in firing their hitting coach and kind of starting anew for the rest of the season. You don't usually see the firings happening, you know, this early on unless something's really, really wrong. And Especially I believe with a team that's not really right, they're in the midst of like a hunt or the playoffs. And if it's a team that's like, oh, we're supposed to be hitting good, and it's like that's go uh, Mets last year, Chili Davis makes a little bit more sense. Still, you know, it's kind of reaching, but when you're a kind of a rebuilding team, it's like, what are you right? What are you really trying to accomplish, right? Exactly. So it, it's just it was a strange move to me. I mean, to do it the way they did it, and I know the offense has been down, um, but. You're not really a team that's like win now, like where we could be fighting for a wild card spot, unless you really see yourself that way. Which I, I hate to break it to you, but you know, there's a lot of other good teams. At least just you in could that. sneak in there, but are you really expected to do that? Probably not. Right. So I mean, you know, <clears throat> that kind of goes into like we've been saying. A lot of people around baseball have been saying the offense is just not there as as it was in previous years, and uh, you could attribute that to a lot of things, and that's kind of what we'll get into. Um, with one thing that you could attribute it to, or or a lot of there are a lot of people that have been kind of talking about this topic, but I'll kind of let you kind of introduce our topic. I know you got some other pieces of news too, so I'll let you kind of get into what you got, what you brought for the for the week. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So before we get into the topic here, um, a couple pieces of news I have is um, you know Reed Detmeyer's doing no hitter for the Angels, an actual no hitter, the first one of the year. That's you know actual one guy <laughs> um, that was pretty much right at the start of last week. Mm-hmm. So we kind of just missed it, talking about it. Um, Pujols pitched yesterday. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's legend of the game. I guess he got his chance on the mound, gave a couple runs. Uh, Johnny Cueto's getting called up by the White Sox to pitch today, which is also pretty cool. Uh, a guy who has had a great career and, um, you know, maybe a new identity for the Hall of Fame pitcher. He could be maybe on that board. Right. Because obviously the, the, the milestones are way different than they're going to be previous for Hall of Fame. It's very true. Uh, we've seen Rendon hit a home run lefty, like it or not. I'm not a big fan of that, to be honest. But, you know, that was pretty cool. He had a home run. That's not a huge fan of uh, the flipping sides and stuff like that. Yeah. We've seen it with Baez, and we talked about that last year, two years ago, when he did that. wasn't a huge fan then, and not a fan now. So that's not going to change my mind too much. Um, but the topic, which we already kind of talked about a little bit here, is um, offense being down, but more importantly, the dead ball. <clears throat> baseball and the thought around baseball is the ball's different it's dead 20, 2018 2019 2020 the idea was the ball was juiced the ball was made to fly more the ball was made to pick up offense keep make sure offense was 
awake and not dying back, back in the dead ball era and keep fans interested. This year, the thought is the ball's back to normal and the ball's not flying, and these guys have built their offense and their, their swings on home runs and launch angles, and if you get this launch angle with this velocity, it's a home run. And we have seen the certain launch angles and the certain velocities where it's a home run 99% of the time become not home runs, you know, and only home runs 30% of the time. So now you've built your whole offense, your whole, your whole identity as a player for this one thing to happen, and it's not happening. Right. So is baseball in a problem with the dead ball? And the reason we bring it up because offense is down. But for me personally, I don't think – I think baseball should just use a regular baseball. Not a live one, not a juice one. It just use a regular baseball like they've always have for all we know at least. They've always used a regular baseball, especially if you're changing the rules of the game to enhance offense. Why would you take a shift away next year, make the bases bigger, whatever that's going to help? Do these things to increase offense – and then put a juice ball in while you're slowly hurting the pitcher by wanting to move the pitching mound back, lower the pitching mound, and take the sticky stuff away from a pitcher. Right. So what's the point of being a pitcher? Might as well have a pitching machine up there. True. Right? <laughs> so I think if you're going to do those things, which you're going to do with, the, with the, the shift and things like that, then the ball needs to just be a normal baseball. Learn how to hit with it. If you're not Aaron Judge or Stanton and you're not smashing the ball 120 miles per hour, you can crush the ball 500 feet, and your little, you know, I don't know, little guy, <laughs> mm-hmm. Nicky Madrigal. Yeah, right, right. Stop trying to hit home runs then. Mm-hmm. Right? Simple concept. I'm not a home run hitter. I'm not going to hit home runs. Mm-hmm. Right? We've seen Jeff McNeil go back to his, his, his normal hitting, right? Bang over 300. That's because he's a, he's a base hit guy. He's not a home run hitter. The juice balls made him think he's a home run hitter. He's not a home run hitter. Hit the ball. Right? So that's kind of where we're at. Learn how to hit, which is going to be great for the game. Going to lower strikeouts, the ball and play more. Enough of the launch angle for some of these guys, right? That's the biggest thing. So deadening the ball or making it a normal ball, not deadening it, just making it a normal ball, should actually help the game. Right. And really should, it might be a year, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe even next year could see some of the issues. But eventually these players are going to be like, okay, so I can't just mash the home runs all the time. I have to learn how to hit. I have to be a LeMayu type of player, a Fletcher type of player, you know, uh, those guys who just poke the ball out there, old school Tony Gwynn kind of player, Rod Carew, those guys who just poke the ball, hit the ball, and sure, they, when they square one up and they, they, they try pulling the ball harder, they can hit a home run, but that's not what they're trying to do all the time. Mm-hmm. The shift coming away should open up holes, averages should go up, why raise the ball? If you're going to juice the ball and you're going to you know increase the offense, then the pitcher has to have some sort of increase. Mm-hmm. They should either raise the mound back up, which is never going to happen, or give them the sticky stuff, whatever they want to use on the mound. Otherwise, the pitcher has no chance. Well, yeah. If it was a slick ball and these guys are juiced, it's like having a you know high school pitcher against steroided up Mark McGuire. Yeah, right, right. It's not quite that dramatic, but it's that concept. Right. Like, this guy has all the chances to be great, and I have nothing. I have a cardboard box as a glove, and this guy's, you know, his his equipment's $1,000 a piece. Yeah, right, right. I don't right. really have much of a shot. Yeah, you can't, it's hard to compare. You, you know, know, you only can go so far with, with what you got, right? So, True. you know, that's that's my take on that with the, the with the the dead ball, they call it. But really, it's just a normal baseball. Mm-hmm. I just think that we should just get back to here's a ball, here's a normal baseball, and hit it and be a hitter. You know, Mayhew's not a 30, 40 home run guy. He's a hitter. Mm-hmm. He's not going to try hitting home runs. I don't need my second baseman who's four foot tall trying to hit home runs. Right? I don't need my, my catcher trying to hit home runs all the time. I don't need these guys just trying to hit home runs. You have a role on the team. You're a speed guy. 
you know, hit for an average, use your speed. Like Billy Hamilton, hit for an average, use your speed. I don't need Billy Hamilton trying to hit 30 home runs because the ball's flying more. Right. You know, not everybody's a 30 home run guy. It's true. Yeah, I think that uh, I don't mind the juice ball, um, especially for the MLB, what they're trying to do. Uh, they like the offense, so uh, it makes sense for, for them. They don't say either way really what whatever happened or what's going on, which I think hurts them more than helps them. And, you know, it's like you said, if you're going to juice the ball, just give the pitchers back a little bit of something to help them grip the ball and, and get a little it. more. Yeah. Hey, we're using these baseball, these baseballs. They're, you don't have to say that you were, I would never say the word juice as baseball. No, because no. that's just not, because then juice and out steroids were going into the whole thing. Yeah. We're using these baseballs that are, that are, you know, could be beneficial to hitters, whatever. However you want to word it to sound it so it's not saying juiced. Yeah, right, right, right. But right. announce it, say this is the ball we're using, the, ball, the ball's changed, it's this, and, and but you got to give the, the defense and the pitchers a, a way to stand up there and not just get shelled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. No one's going to want to stand up there if you're Justin Verlander and those guys who are used to two, three-year rays and then stand up there and you're going to have a four-year rate and be leading the league. Yeah, right, No right. one's signing up for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because then you have players, like look at the one year with the Twins when they broke the record for most uh, home runs in a year. They had guys like Max Kepler hitting like 30 home runs. It's like, you know. I'm sure he could be a 30 home run guy. Mm-hmm. And maybe he has a hot year and he is. But I don't need every guy on my team smashing home runs. I don't need my guy who's probably a 10 to 15 home run guy. All of a sudden he's a 30 to 35 home run guy just because you switched the ball. And now he's going to switch his whole swing to that. Mm-hmm. And then when you change it back, which they did, or use a real ball, offense is dead because you got a guy, I got a guy who doesn't have a power hit the ball 420 feet, swinging to hit the ball 420 feet. Right. And all of a sudden changes the game. Exactly. So I do like the concept of, you know, hitters actually hitting like for average and getting on base and stealing. And yeah, that's, that, that's the game. Uh, I know that, People do like the, you know, the long ball and and just trying to get as many guys in your lineup to hit the long ball so you can get more runs and the analytics and this and that. But I like the old school ball of, and you can see that baseball's trying to do that with the, their concept of it making the bases bigger is because they want more stolen bases. It's like they're they're you can see where their heads at whether they're right or wrong on that. You know, you could debate, yeah, yeah. but you know, I, I I at least admire the concept of like, hey, let's get guys the top two guys in the in the lineup hit like 300 and maybe your eight and nine hitter have a little bit higher average and your and your meat of your lineup has the home runs as opposed to one through nine all 30 home runs you know yeah reduce the the shifting so there's more holes so you can just put the ball and play more that's the idea so i don't you know and again i don't say if you juice the ball i just don't like that idea and i'm not saying this is a dead ball they're using just use a normal baseball what is the problem with that Mm -hmm. because when 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 does it end Use a juice bowl, and now I'm using a juice bat, and now the players are using steroids, and now all of a sudden everyone's juiced up out of nowhere. You might as well put an aluminum bat out there, and all of a sudden now it's mashing the ball 700 feet. Oh, my gosh. What's the point of that? Hey, you're hurting people. Right. Uh, just, just normal baseball. And and people that are familiar with, especially if they played Little League and, and actually did play ball when they were younger, um, they understand the concept, because some people like to jump the gun. You know, it is mid-May now, and there's still some, you know, up where we are, we've had days in the past weeks where it's, you know, it's still cold out. So if you know baseball, you know the ball just flies better in the warmer weather. You know what I mean? So I think some people are a little bit jumping the gun on on the lack of home runs and stuff that, you know, some a ball that's hit in April as opposed to hit in June or July, you know, when it's a little warmer, that might carry a little further and all of a sudden it's a home run. So that just happens. It's just, yeah. that's just how baseball is, yeah. you know. So uh, we see, And we also yeah, remember one of our hitter-friendly parks here in Camden Yards has moved its fences mm-hmm. to prevent, prevent offense. Um, pitchers are getting better. That's just how it is. Also, I don't know if anyone, everyone knows that. Every stadium is using a, a, a humidifier, or humidifier, mm-hmm. I should say. 
which is affects the ball. Right. Every state, only six used it before this year. And it was only like three years before. Right. Now every stadium has one, which is going to change the way the ball is. Very true. Could that be a big factor? Probably. Shortened spring training, the weather being colder, right? Guys aren't really used. These bullpen pitchers, you have more guys pitching than ever before. And they throw crazy stuff. Yeah, but you're you're never facing the same guy. Mm -hmm. All this, every year, contributes. So all of a sudden, now it adds on. Right. And I think the humidifier, or humidor, however you want to go about it, Mm -hmm. has affected the balls. It has changed it, no matter what you want to say. And that was... and I believe they might do it a little different, but wasn't that a concept introduced by Colorado? Because for the for the Colorado Arizona because yeah. of the, because of the dry weather, right? They were some of the first ones to do it, and then it spread. And then baseball's like every stadium needs to do it, mm-hmm. right? That's also a big change. So again, I, I just think they need to go with let's be hitters, let's hit the ball, let's be hitters, and um, that's more excitement too. Yeah, home runs, but I'm not like again, we're not saying let's take the ball and deaden it. That's not what they did. No, no, no. Here's a regular baseball, and here's that one with gold on it that you see at the home run derby with the last out. We used to be the last out. You had the gold one, remember? The special ball. That was a money ball. What are we? Why are we using that? Right. Yeah, why are we just yeah using the money ball? Yeah. So just use a real baseball. So I think that's where we're at. I think baseball... Because then, you know what? The last little thing on that, too, I want to bring up. I mean, you mentioned before. When we were talking before we, we started recording. You start getting all these conspiracies with it. LA's are just using the, the money ball in LA the live juice ball and they're using the, the juice ball in New York because those teams are hitting and they're playing well and they're the big market. Or oh, they're going to use the juice balls after all the sports end. Basketball's playoffs are own. Uh, hockey's almost over, right? Football's gone. Everything's gone. Uh, you're going to have just baseball in the summer. All of a sudden, then the juice balls come out. Everyone starts hitting home runs. Schools are over. Kids are wanting to come to the game. People are hitting home runs. All of a sudden, it attracts all the fans in, right? Right. We're going to start having all these controversies and all these, you know, conspiracies and, and um, you know, this ball is not a dead ball. And then the next ball you throw out is a juice ball. And now it changes. You, you, all because you don't say nothing. You won't say and announce nothing. And you won't just be like, no, this is what's going on. And uh, deal with it. Right. Just like they did with the pitchers last year. No sticky stuff. Deal with it. Yeah, it's just. Hey, if that's what you want, that's great. That's your approach. Great. But let's hear it. Do it. Yeah. Pitchers were like, I don't want to do that. Too bad. You know, I could go back and go away. Yeah. All right. Hey, they're. All right. Let's go. Yeah. Here's what it is, you know. So just like, if we're going to do that, let's do it. Yeah. I don't want this conspiracy. Oh, maybe we're doing it. But no, why? Yeah. Just shut it down. You know, like, oh, are you, we see it at the trade deadline. Are you trading this guy? No. That's done. Shut yeah. down. Yeah, yeah. Are we trading this guy? Maybe. That's when the rumors, or you don't, uh, you don't say, then all of a sudden the rumors start flying. If you're like, no, that shuts down relatively quickly. Right. So and the MLB has been bad at that with communicating, like, hey, here's what's going on, you know? Yeah. So I don't know exactly, but I think they just need to stick to their guns, whatever they are, and let's go. Use a regular baseball. Learn how to hit. Yep. Yeah, I agree. But like I said, if they, you know, if they bring the juice balls back, bring back the, or at least like, kind of like how they have a rosin bag. Just say, hey, here's the allowable. Kind of like how batters, there's an allowable pine tar amount yeah. on a bat. Just say, here, here's what you can use. Here's what's available to every pitcher that comes out. Yeah. Don't just hurt the offense or the, the pitching and defense, and then increase the offense. Right. Because then no one's gonna want to be a pitcher. And you're gonna just alienate. You know, if you are, you just had a bad. CBA talks, you're going to alienate the Players Association more because all the pitchers are going to be like, what the hell is this? You know? So it's, there's a lot of different fixes to it, but um, I I would rather the MLB just come out and say, here's what we're doing and here's what happened because we still don't have a straight story on what was going on those years. No. We'll have the balls. balls different. 
Yeah, like or what did they do? If it actually was different, or if it was just, they just used a different material, this and that. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Just it's all theories. Yeah. But you just don't want to get the conspiracies and the rumors flying when you just shut it down, play ball. Here's a baseball. It's the same as any other baseball you're ever going to play with, and hit the damn thing. Learn yep. how to hit. You're four foot tall. You're not a power hitter. Chris Taylor was a guy we see with the juice balls. All of a sudden, he was a 30 home run guy. He was a 200 hitter with five home runs, and all of a sudden, he went to a 30 home run guy. Right. Now, could he change the swing? Sure. Is it some of the juice balls? Yeah. Everybody's million home runs. Mm-hmm. That's just how it is. It's just, and that's playing your role on a team. Yeah. You know, I'm a second it. baseman. I hit for a decent average. I play good defense. I run the bases. I'm the three hitter. I'm mashing home runs. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. I have the power to hit all these home runs. That's what I'm going to do. Right. There's those roles in the game. I don't need everyone hitting home runs because in the game gets just too uh, the same. There's no difference. There's no disparity. You know, there's nothing. It's just mm-hmm. the same crap over and over again. Mm-hmm. No one wants to watch that. Yeah. If I wanted to watch the same 5-2 game, I'd go watch the same 5-2 baseball game with three home runs. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see that all the yeah. time. Yeah, and I don't know who you're really attracting in either. I mean, we've we've run over this concept a lot, but like, you know, are these really bringing in the, the fringe oh, or, or... Home runs are up, which means offense is up. But yeah, but it's because offense is up in spurts. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of striking out, a lot of pitches, a lot of nothing, and then all of a sudden you see that one home run. Yeah. What's exciting about that? Well, mm-hmm. that one, those 30 seconds of watching the ball go out and the cheering of the home run, and then it's back to striking out to the next 15 batters, and you see another home run. Right. We're not going to have five base hits, a stolen base, you know, ball and play, plays are being made, this guy's jump plays, this guy's diving. It's excitement. Yeah. Right? It's just... The triple, one of the most exciting plays. The relay throws, right? The relay throws back to the plate to get somebody out or at a base. So it's probably the most exciting play. The triple, right? Having mm-hmm. base rounds, it's getting louder and louder in the stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, the stolen base... The hit and runs, when a perfect hit and runs hit right behind where the guy moved, I mean, you can't get no better. Mm-hmm. Throw from the outfield, the guy throws him right on the money and gets him out. Puig and Cespedes throws over the years. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. Hit the ball and watch it go over the fence. I can go, yeah, I go watch slow pitch softball. I want to go do that. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah. I mean, and, and so many guys do it anymore. It just kind of sometimes it loses its luster. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, again, we've, we've gone over this concept a lot and, you know, that we can – kind of run over it as many times as possible but uh you know at the end of the day the mlb's just got to do something you know or come out and say something and uh we'll kind of go from there at least know what we're dealing with that kind of thing so that's kind of what we're thinking with the at least the the baseballs right now and just again what kind of what we're thinking with offense because it's kind of been an ongoing topic but uh i think it has been growing though offense has been steadily coming back up weather's been warm yeah people getting back in the swing of things i think it has been coming back up so it's not too much to worry, and um, I don't know stolen bases. I, I think stolen bases and home runs were closer this year. I think we're seeing a little bit more baseball again, mm-hmm. which is exciting. Yeah, yeah, that's I'm I'm more than fine with that. You know, a nice balance of everything. Exactly. You know, so the last thing we have here before we get into uh, who's hot and who's not is the wrap up, which is who's doing the best right now. So the Yankees have the best record in the league right now at twenty five and nine, while the Astros have the second best record in the American League at twenty three and two which is good for a 657 winning percentage. Uh, the Mets have the best record in the National League at 23 and 13, while the Dodgers have the second best record at 21 and 12. The Dodgers as always have the best run differential at plus 70, while the Reds as always now have the worst run differential at minus 65. Incredible. So there although I do believe that's better from what we talked about last week. I think it's like I don't know 10 runs better or something like that. So Yippee. It's something. Yeah. Give them something, you know, some consolation. 
Sure, they couldn't even get a no-hitter, right? I know. <laughs> they couldn't even get it handed to him. They couldn't even get it. Like, everybody's like, yeah, it's a no-hitter. He yeah, lost, it, he was a no-hitter. It's like, nope, it's a special achievement. Yeah, that's, yeah, right, right. No no-hitter, I guess you can call it, right? It's a, yeah, no no-hitter. Yeah, yeah, right, so, right, right. Yeah, uh, some teams I've mentioned are doing, uh, you know, hot and cold teams. Yankees, Astros, Angels, Cardinals, Pirates. Pirates, not really, really hot, but um, for a team that has some of the worst talent you're going to see, coming into the season and to be only a couple games under 500 you got to applaud that in a pretty hard division I mean other than the Reds but relatively it's a competitive division top two teams are really good and a couple teams you know Cubs are right yeah. but still you got to applaud them for what they're doing right, right now um, some cold teams Toronto struggling their offense has been way down I believe for a while they had the worst batting average with runners in scoring position I probably I would imagine that hasn't really changed much right um, the Red Sox one of the worst teams in all baseball uh, paying bad. second most money paid salary over the last five years, and they have one of the worst records in all baseball. So mm-hmm. that doesn't get talked about enough, I don't think. Mm-hmm. The Red Sox being with where the they're money, at with yeah. the money they paid. Because I know last year with the issues with the Yankees and even the Mets, we've seen over the years that gets talked about. One loss, it's talked about. Mm-hmm. And then the Red Sox are like, oh, they're yeah. paying the most money. Yeah. It seems like the Dodgers would struggle. It would get talked about. Mm-hmm. The Angels have struggled over the years. That gets talked about. But the Red Sox somehow fly under the radar when they're playing bad and they're paying all this money. Yeah, that argument kind of goes on deaf ears with the Red Sox. Yeah. yeah. I, I hear you. It's like, oh, well, next year they'll be really good. Or they won the World Series. No, I don't know. That's not how it works. Mm. So, something to take note of. The Marlins have been struggling here. Nationals all year. Don't worry about that. They've been pretty much down to the bottom. And the Rockies, after their relatively hot lengthened stretch, they've been cooled off here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um some teams there make sense. Red Sox, uh, at least in my opinion, came into the year not very, you know, the pitching had to, something had to give with the pitching, and, and here we are where their pitching's not very good. Yeah. Rockies, you know, were playing Corbin. above their head. Oh, about yeah. Alex Cora being, uh, what, 30 win difference the year before? Oh, I know, yeah. Yeah, that's not the difference. Yeah. Pit manager win you a couple of games difference, but uh, that's not the difference here. They're just not that on pitching. No. You lose your ace. Matt Barnes has been pathetic since mm-hmm. last year, right, since middle of last year, which happens, right? Their other bullpen guys have not been good. Uh, you just don't have pitching, and then your offense, other than three guys, has has been pathetic. Yeah, I mean pathetic. I don't think this guy batting two hundred. I think you have Martinez, uh, J uh, J D Martinez, Bogarts, Devers batting over three hundred, and I don't think you have another guy batting over two hundred. Yeah, that's pretty much it, right? So, yeah, I, you know, like I said, some of those teams make sense, and and I know that yeah. it was it's a little bit of an unpopular opinion that I that we I think we both agreed for some years now that the Red Sox are mediocre at best, yeah. and here they are. I'm you not, know? I don't, I'm, and I'm not trying to rag on the Red Sox and not just because you know, obviously we're more Yankee fans here but <laughs> I just again it's the same as last week with the, the, the Little League Stadium nonsense right mm-hmm. if we're gonna do that for somebody we do it for everybody yeah we just can't pick one team because Red Sox is for a while now kind of get swept under when something goes wrong but with the, the, uh, the LA teams and New York teams you know um, it kind of it's always brought up, brought up right. what is going on what is going on even Philly what is going on they don't do this they don't do that Mm-hmm. Pay the money and they don't win, and, and then the Red Sox are like, oh, they're okay. They're just yeah. you know yeah, the lovable American losers team. over there, or whatever yeah. you want to call them. You know, it's just like, well, they're paying a lot of money to not be good. It's so let's talk about that. Yeah, it's a bit concerning if you're a fan, not for yeah. nothing, you know. Yeah, and their offense is down at an offensive stadium. Right. It's like, what is going on? Yeah, so. you, it, it makes you scratch. It makes you scratch your head, you know. Especially if you're a fan, you're like, uh, hey, aren't we supposed to be good? What's going on? Yeah. Exactly. So. But yeah, let's move on to our who's hot and who's not section of the show. We talk about our hot hitters and our cold hitters, and Frank brings the pitchers. 
Um, so my five hot hitters for the week I have are Bryce Harper at number one. As I said before, he's hurt, but he's been hitting the hell out of the ball. He batted 579 over the last week with a 1368 slugging and a 1977 OPS. And a tear in his elbow. <laughs> yeah, all that while that's going on. Uh, number two, Miguel Cabrera. Batted 500 over the last week with an 864 slugging and a 1364 OPS. A little bit, I would say, not a resurgence, but, a, you know, what you could call a resurgence. In it, you know, Not that he's ever been really a bad hitter, but he's kind of been, like, laying low last few years while the Tigers have been bad. So, um, But he's been hitting good this year, Miggy. And then number three, we have Giancarlo Stanton. Uh, 500 average over the last week with an 1150 slugging and a 1695 OPS. He's having a great year thus far. Uh, number four, Jonathan D- uh, Daza. Batted 500 over the last week with a 722 slugging and a 1246 OPS. And finally, Yuri Gurriel, uh, the ageless wonder at this point, <laughs> batted 476 over the last week with an 857 slugging and a 1379 OPS. And I do believe uh, Harper did win Player of the Week. I don't know if Miggy won Player of the Week for the AL, um, but I know, f- like I said, I usually like to mention the Players of the Week. I know Harper won in the NL, so yeah. that's all I can speak to. And just to mention already, uh, you mentioned Stanton, RBI mm-hmm. double today. Yeah, so and I'd, you mentioned Miguel Cabrera is one for two with an RBI in the Detroit game. These guys are just killing it. So you know that's just live action as we go here. Um, some other hitters I have to mention here: Brandon Nimmo playing good for the Mets. Willie Castro for Detroit as well. Trey Turner has been high here. It's kind of been a relatively slow start for him this year. RBIs have been up for him. Average has been down. Stolen bases have been down. Home runs have been down a bit, but um, he's starting to come around. Two seventies, two eighties at this point. Josh Bell. All year, red hot, batting like 350. He had a hit today. I mean, he's he said he stopped trying to hit home runs, and now he's batting 350. Crazy concept, mm-hmm. I know. Uh, Trey Mancini, red hot of late, and Reese Hoskins getting back on the on the hot train there. Um, and you got him and Harper going. Uh, I know, uh, you know, Cassianos was good for a while there. Uh, Alec Bone even, so I was like, maybe they get going. Maybe yeah. Some of their pitching come together. The bullpen's been atrocious. They blew another game yesterday. They blew two seven seven one leads at some point this year. And they were early on. It's like, what is going on? Just yeah. finish a game here and there and finish two or th- two of the three of those games. And it's two more wins, and you're that's a big difference. Yeah, really. Figure it out somehow. Yeah. So, you know? um, some pitchers that have really pitching well here of late, Justin Verlander, uh, resurgence or comeback. Um, I think he's comeback player of the year. I think it's pretty much almost handed to him at this point, right? Yeah. The way he's pitching. Tariq Skubal for Detroit. They have been – they got to get going. Overall, yeah. they've got to get going. And having Cabrera on the hot list, Willie Castro, Tariq Skubal on the pitching side, maybe just you know breathe some life in him. They had a lot of injuries, but they got to mm-hmm. get going here. Uh, Martin Perez pitching well. Reed Detmeyers, of course, he did a no-hitter. And David Bednar for Pittsburgh, the closer out there. Been pitching really, really good this year. Mm-hmm. And if Pittsburgh wants to get rid of him, they can get a nice little price for him. Oh, yeah. And yeah. flip him to a contender. Yeah, if he keeps it going to the to the uh, all-star break and, and to the de- trade deadline, he'll, he'll... He's got an intensity to him. Mm-hmm. You know, you just got to hope he's one of those guys that doesn't just fizzle out after a year or two. Right. That's kind of relievers and closers. But he's got that intensity to him. He looks looks the part as a closer or a late-inning guy. He could definitely jump on a, a Phillies or a, someone who really needs bullpen um, and just really give them the you know the step up they need. Yeah, and that's all the better for the Pirates who are really trying to build a competitive team. And they're still or, in the building the process. Hold them around and think they're going to be good here in the next two years. And, and Yeah, maybe. And, and he's a piece in the, late to bullpen. You never know. But that's that's great getting a guy who you don't really expect, maybe. Or at least, us, I don't really know who he was coming into the year, and all of a sudden now he's reliever of the year. I know, yeah. We were we were critical because we didn't know anyone in the Pirates' bullpen just yeah. about. Yeah, Quintana, he was the ace. We laughed about that. Yeah. I think everybody did. He was the ace. He's got two-year rate this year. just shut the Dodgers out last week. I mean, the guy's going nuts. 
I mean, it's unbelievable. That's great because you could you could flip him if you're Pittsburgh. You know, he's oh yeah, you flip him, you get a piece back for something way more than you expected. Yeah, and he's a name, so people will be like, oh, Quintana's pitching good. Oh, maybe he's you know been around. He knows how the league works. He knows these teams. He knows these players. That's that's, that's great. And that's great for whoever whatever Pittsburgh's doing and their coaching and their their organization. You see that after some of the awful trades, the worst trade I've ever seen with the Austin Meadows and the, and the Glass. Now, uh, to start seeing some of these moves, you go, man, we maybe we're we're okay with right. the division kind of not being there, with the Cubs going the wrong way, the Reds, the worst of ways, mm-hmm. the Cardinals and Brewers are hanging. You know, they're good teams. Um, Cardinals actually starting to get some age in some certain spots. So you're like, the division's not really a runaway. No, you Pittsburgh's, could, you know, not far from being in the hunt. No, figure it out, you know, at that so, point. Those are great moves. I just want to bring that up. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, again, we talked about the Pirates now a couple times. It's you got to give them when things start turning. You got to give them their, their benefit of the doubt and their 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 dues. Yeah, they're staying somewhat competitive. They're not being walking mats, you know. So. Yeah, you got to brings fans in, especially a scrappy team. Mm-hmm. You guys want to go watch that. You're a Reds fan, and you're 4-24 at one point. You're like, all right, I'm not going this year. Yeah, I'm not going to see that. Five dollars fire. I'll go just see the stadium and go hang out, but not not worth it. Right. We're around 500. Hey, you know what? I'll go to a game, right? Give my guys some credit. Maybe watch something, right? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so moving on to the cold list we have this week. I have at number one, I have Robbie Grossman. Batted 045 over the last week with an 045 slugging and a 237 OPS. At number two, I have Sean Murphy, batted 091 over the last week with a 136 slugging and a 386 OPS. At number three, I have Nicky Lopez, batted 087 over the last week with an 087 slugging and a 174 OPS. Number four, Jose Abreu, batting 050 over the last week with an 050 slugging and a 145 OPS. That's my fantasy team, of course. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, at number five, Marcus Simeon has been really not good with that contract over with the Rangers. Yeah. He batted 050 over the last week with a 100 slugging and a 150 OPS. So the Rangers uh, are expecting a little bit more so far out of that big contract, but maybe a little too soon to, to hit the panic button because it's only been a month and a half. Oh, well, he you had know? a series at the Little League field. He should have been able to raise his average and stuff. Right? Uh, oh, yeah, right, right, yeah, that Little League field, yeah. That didn't work out um, too well for him. That's who I got for the cold hitters, though. Yeah, some guys I want to mention, Kyle Swarber, has been pretty much cold all year. I mean, he's hitting the home runs, but he's batting like about 190 for the year. Javier Baez has been cold here. Kike Hernandez has been not good for Wilson mm. at all. Uh, Brian Hayes struggled here over the last week, even though he's been having a great year. And Lindor, after his hot start, has cooled off significantly. I think he's only in the two-thirds at this point. After he was batting up in over three-thirties for a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, another fantasy player of Mike's there. Um, so I'm sure he's well aware. Yep. Um, some pitchers that are struggling. Corey Kluber's getting just smacked around this year. Yeah. Which is... Kind of surprising. He's not a bad pitcher still, and then the Rays get these guys and they make them heroes, right? And he pitched pretty good last year, other than his injury. He he was pretty valuable, yeah. I'd say. Yeah. Um, Cy Young contender got beat up yesterday. Carlos Rodon. Mm-hmm. I think he was he was the early the early early favorite for this NL Cy Young mm-hmm. coming out and going to yesterday. He gave up like eight runs yesterday to the Cardinals. Yeah. Mark Melanson getting beat up for Arizona. Robbie Ray, last year's AL Cy Young, struggling with Seattle this year. And Dylan Cease, um, he got beat up by the Yankees, gave up quite a bit of runs. Did strike a lot of guys out, just gave up a lot of runs and then they're doing. Right. So there's some pictures of the last week or so that have been kind of uh, on the on the cold train. Yeah. There's some pictures there, just some pro- surprising names, especially, you know, Rodon and Cease have been so good that it's kind of like, oh, you know, you get a clunker here and there. And that's what it happens. It's kind of, you can't, unless you put together like an MVP year as a pitcher, you can't really, you just, the years like, there's going to be starts where you just, you're not gripping the ball right, or the, yeah. the hitters are all figuring it out. Oh, yeah. against the Yankees got beat up, Rodon against the Cardinals. It's, it's, 
you know, you tends know, to happen. Not get beat up by the Reds or something weird. Oh man, what really happened? Yeah, yeah, something went or really maybe wrong. Maybe played in Colorado. You want to use that as an excuse? You know, whatever. But right, that's um, you know, that's, that's how it goes. So right. um, the next part here, we got the injury section. I think the injury news has been really, really quiet here the last couple of weeks. Um, the good side has definitely been longer than the bad side, which is great. I only got a handful of names that are actually hurt here. Uh, Manuel Margot, who was really hot there, he got placed in the IL. Austin Meadows for Detroit, who's doing good here, placed in the IL. Victor Reyes for Detroit, placed in the IL. Acuna, he's day-to-day. The expectations, MRI, it was clean. He should be back in the lineup. Today's Monday. They're expecting Tuesday, if not Wednesday. So by the time this post, he should be been playing or in the lineup, which is good news. Um, Jesus Lazardo, left to start with forearm strain. He's been pitching really good for the Marlins. That is pretty scary. Yeah, Forearm it's not as a good. pitcher is never good. Uh, McGill for the Mets, kind of rookie of the year contender. He's on the IL. He's been struggling out through his last his last two starts or so. James McCann for the Mets, broken handmate bone. We know well about that. We see it all the time. Six to eight weeks that is. And for a guy who might be power, if you want to consider more of a power hitter, handmate bone, wrist injuries, never good for hitters, never good for power. Nope. Um, and he's never he's not lived up to that contract already for the Mets, so that's just not Mets fans aren't happy there. Right. Bryce Harper we talked about, uh, but he's gonna play through it, and he's actually been playing really good. So hopefully he can continue. Mm-hmm. Leah Adamas left the game yesterday with an ankle injury. The hope is he's not, you know, he won't miss too much time. Nico Horner, he's missed the last couple of games with an ankle injury. They just finally put him on the IL, so he'll miss a little more time. Nothing too too serious. Mm-hmm. And Kershaw, which I think we said before the season he was started, we know he'll get his two month IL stint to rest his arm, some other nonsense injury to come up with and make it sound like it's more severe instead of just being like, yeah, he's a little sore. Let's just rest him, make sure he's around for the back half of the year in the playoffs. Right. That's the thing what they're kind of doing here, but they said inflammation in his hip or his pelvis or something like that in his back. I'm not sure exactly what it was, but I'm sure it's going to be for good or or the worst, whatever you want to say. I mean, for the smart thing to kind of rest him and get him ready for the back half of the year, Mm -hmm. that's kind of what they did with him. Right. Like it or not. So... Um, on the good side of things, Ryu and Danny Jensen for the Blue Jays activated off the IL. Those mm-hmm. are two good pieces. Uh, we had Michael Waka, who's have been doing great for Boston. Um, he's uh, throwing and getting close to coming back here. Chris Sale was clear to throw today. Start throwing again. Start playing catch. Start doing a little bit more deeper throw. Um, hopefully getting to the mound soon, which is good, for, again, for Boston and for baseball. Mm-hmm. Casey Mize actually was on a rehab assignment after having his arm issues. They actually shut him down, not for a... Um, a setback. He just says he doesn't feel like he can go out there and give it all he's got and like really unleash his arm. So mm. it's not a setback. They just think maybe they ramped him up a little quick. Maybe he's starting to get a little bit dead arm. So yeah. they didn't call it a setback. They're just like, it's, they're like in a, a gray area right now with him. So that's, that's weird, but they're not too, too worried about. So it's kind of weird. Right. right. Uh, Reyes for the Cardinals. Uh, he had a bit of a setback. He's getting another sh- shoulder exam. They're hoping it's not nothing too serious, but he's now dealing with shoulders issues for about two years or a year now, maybe mm-hmm. two years. Um, so that could slow his progress down, maybe not see him come back this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Flaherty for the Cardinals, he was another one dealing with shoulder issues. He's pitching. He's on the mound, doing bullpen sessions. The hope is he stretches himself out. We'll start seeing him in rehab here soon. I'm thinking it's mid-May. or we'll probably see him sometime in early June mm-hmm. to mid-June. We can see him on the mound for the Cardinals, which is a big piece for them. Yeah. Blake Snell, expected to be starting for the Padres here any pretty much any day now. Okay. And Chris Bryant's targeting this week to return from his back injury, which will help the, the Rockies get back into their winning ways. Okay. So, again, those are the injury news. And, and again, for the most part, it's the, the 
the good side was definitely longer than the bad side, and the bad side was relatively small injuries and just kind of happens. Yeah, that's it's good stuff. Uh, you know, I just hopefully worried about that. Uh, what was it? Forearm strain for Hazel Cesardo. Yeah. It's always uh, that's a rough one. And the Harper you know? with the with the UCL. Yeah, those are rougher ones. Um, but Harper at least could play, hit. You know, I figure guess if it he out. really, really had to be in the field, he can go out there just to kind of be easy on his arm. Yeah. Um, otherwise, a lot of this stuff was pretty minor. Also, Meadows was like an inner ear infection. John with it, just kind of, he's like, what is going on? Just need a player, right? Yeah, right, uh, right. Adamus was more of a day-to-day thing. Acuna, great, hopefully, you know, just day-to-day. Kershaw doesn't seem as serious as they're probably going to extend it to be just because he's older and just kind of just a safer play there. So, there seems to be a lot of good news here on this injury side. A lot of big names or players, big players for their teams kind of coming back here soon. Yep. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff out of the out of the injury front, you know. For a couple of weeks now, at least two weeks, this week and last week. Yeah, we'll definitely take it. You know, yeah. and a lot of teams will take it. They oh keep away, gosh, keep yeah. off the injured list. Well, they get used to the more weather warms up. It all goes hand in hand. You get playing yeah. mode, right? So. You get stretched out, and you're not quite in the dog days yet of summer. So, you know, yeah. it's good. Yeah, so. Uh, and the last bit we have here is the trivia question. So, Pujols yesterday, Sunday Night Baseball, he tied which player? He tied which player with being the oldest player to make their pitching debut in mm-hmm. LB history. Now, if you want to get down days, I think I think this this the answer here is actually technically the oldest. You want to get to days, but tied which is 42 years old. So Pujols tied which player with being the oldest to make their pitching debut in LB history? 1929 White Sox Lena Blackburn, player manager, pitched. He came in and pitched. I believe got one out. And he pitched that was last day of the season. He's Pujols tied. He's technically the oldest pitcher. And you might think, oh, what about Ichiro? That was my back first When thought. he pitched, he was actually 41, almost 42. Yeah. So he's just the uh, third, some, I guess, the oldest. Yeah, because, uh, you know, I don't know. I forget when it happened. It had to have been close to the end of the year, if I remember correctly, with Ichiro. Oh, yeah. And uh, his birthday's in – I just looked it up because I was like, how is it not Ichiro? I remember him being old. And he – was 41 and his birthday's in October. So it had to, he had to have been off by 50 some days, a hundred days. I, I don't know, but he, uh, yeah, he was 41, almost 42. So if you, that's the first, I was like, it had to have been Ichiro because he played for a while when he was, you know, uh, he played into his, into his forties. So, but yeah, I never would have guessed that. So there's sometimes you ask me the trivia question. You're like, you're not going to get it. <laughs> yeah. I'm I like, oh, that was great. Cause Pujols made his, his pitching debut and he tied this guy or, Second, whatever you want, or you want to get into the details of it, but um, you know, you go, oh, maybe it's somebody, Lena Blackburn, this guy, you don't know, you know. Oh, yeah, like who the hell's that? Yeah. But both side, and that just tells you history of the game. Even though you think it might be the first, it might be the oldest. There's always somebody. There's someone else. Yeah, there's always somebody. A lot of times it ends up being Babe Ruth or something, but there's always somebody somewhere. There's something you're like, just can't be the first one or the right. oldest or the youngest. Like there's always somebody. Mm-hmm. Right? You never seem to be have the record. And Pujols did get three outs, so how about that? Yeah, yeah, he has a 36 ERA because he gave yeah. four runs and three outs. What do you expect from a 42-year-old guy who will have a lump out there yeah. anymore, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> but great in St. Louis, right? Just, yeah. But, you know, it is what it is. You know, maybe they got to do something with position players hitting or uh, pitching and, and these guys flipping bats. Maybe they got to keep the competitive, so... Not huge, huge fans, especially the hitting side. The pitching side, I'm not too, too fan of. But if this is what you're going to do, right, you give these guys, at least he deserved it, he sure deserved it, right? You go, okay, these guys kind of deserve what, they, what they're what they doing, you know? So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so Pujols tied. Lena Blackburn 
for the oldest player to make his pitching debut. Cool. Good stuff. Uh, it was cool to see Pujols go out there. I was like, oh, man, they're really going to put Pujols? He must have been like, I'm pitching. He must have just pulled him aside and be like, I'm going out there. I don't yeah, care. Yeah, he's older than Oliver Marmel, the coach. And he was like, <laughs> this is my team. Yeah, I don't care what you say. I'm going out there. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a cool moment. Uh, even though he did obviously give up some runs, he's not a pitcher. So, yeah, you know. He's like player coach over there without being the official coach title. But he's definitely a player coach for a team like that. A oh, yeah. A, a legend like that. He's He talks, you listen. He'll yeah. help you out. He's going he's gonna to coach without being a. You know, he's going to coach, but he's going to get in the box himself, too. If I'm a Tyler O'Neill or a Dylan Carlson or a Tommy Edmond or, a, you know, even pitchers, doesn't uh, matter. Or Renato. I don't uh, care yeah. how good I think I am. You're not as good as that guy was. Yeah. I mean, think about the, the 20, the 20 some year olds in the in the clubhouse who've only been playing a few years. I'm listening to Pulhouse. I don't care what he's going to say. Even the young you know? coaches. Yeah, oh, yeah. Schumacher is not really an old coach here. He's a manager. Marmel's not an old coach. He's been around baseball a long time and in that city. He can help anybody out. Yeah, 100%. So his impact to the team. Is more than just the stats, and he's having a good year, batting about 250. Yeah, at least he's having a good year there. But also, his his being there is is just as important as him getting in the box every once in a while. Yeah, absolutely. He's yeah, still valued part of the uh, MLB, and he will be. You know, he's going to retire. Yachty's going to retire. So, uh, get the information from him while you can if you're a young player. Ambassadors of the game, yeah, and, and history and legends of the game we'll never see again. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. But uh, that's kind of. All I have for this episode, um, good trivia question and uh, some good news going around baseball. Uh, nothing super, super eventful, but <laughs> obviously that no-hitter thing is a bit of a, a unique one. Yeah. So, But yeah, that's kind of all I brought for the news and just my notes. Um, another week, you know, another week of baseball and, uh, you know, more to come. So uh, good stuff there. And I don't know if you have anything else you want to bring up before we kind of get out of here or uh, if you want to just wrap it up. No, that's it. That's all I got. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. You can catch this podcast on Apple Podcasts as well as Google Podcasts and Spotify. You can listen on our regularly updated YouTube channel as well as our website, screwball.podbean.com. You can follow me on Twitter at RealMikeLapree. You can follow me on Instagram at MikeLapree. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at FDubs10. You can follow our official Screwball Twitter at ScrewballPod. You can follow our official Screwball Facebook at ScrewballPod. No Ian Screw. And that's it from us, guys. We'll see you next week. Yep. Take care.